Hey everybody, and welcome to the uh, ninth episode of the Get Equipped podcast. Uh, we are the only podcast, I'm sure, right now, still without a slogan, uh, but we'll eventually get equipped with one. So, uh, anyway, as a- <laughs> hey, hey, don't, don't make fun of my jokes. Um, anyway, my name is Cody, and as always, I am joined by Cass. Cass, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm glad the week is over. Me too. I'm very tired, but apparently I'm getting dragged all over creation tomorrow. It's going to be great. Um, great. Yeah. So, uh, what what have you been up to this week? I, I think you and I have both kind of been digging into a new game that has just re- recently released. Uh, I've been getting my hand really messed up in Resident Evil 8. Yep. Uh, poor Ethan's hands, which uh, next, next week we will be uh, doing a full review episode of Resident Evil 8, also known as Resident Evil Village, and uh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really good discussion. I think we're all going to have a lot to talk about. I've still got to dig into mercenaries, um, but yeah, look, looking forward to it. Yeah, I expect by that point I will have already finished the game and I'll have probably started at least halfway through a new game plus and worked on some mercenary stuff. Yeah, if Castlevania hadn't come out today, I probably would be starting a new game plus run tonight. Um, uh, it so. came out yesterday, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It came out yesterday. It's it came out today for me because I that's when I get to get to watch it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't get to watch it till tomorrow, so I'm uh, I'm jealous. All right, well, uh, I I will let you. I will sp- be sure to send you all the spoilers because that's what friends do. So <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, Cass, you came up with a topic for us to talk about tonight. Uh, what are we What are we talking about? Uh. Today our topic is going to be about game sequels that we're looking forward to and game sequels that we wish were. Yep. I think you and I are going to agree on uh, definitely one that was unfortunately snatched from us, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're <laughs> talking about. Good. All right. Um, so yeah, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? What... Uh, uh, are you starting with one that you're looking forward to, or one that you wish wish would wish into existence? Uh, I think we should probably start with ones that we're looking forward to. Alrighty. Um, and mine, my first one's going to be pretty obvious. Uh, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, baby. Yes. Oh my goodness. Do we have any information on when that might actually come out? Heck no. This it's is Nomura. When it's done is what I would guess. Yep. How crazy would it be if they just shadow dropped FF7R2? Oh no no, there's no way that happens. Uh, <laughs> Square Enix like loves to to spend money on advertising. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely uh absolutely for, for sure. Um, so what what did you like about the about the first part that's really making you uh, jazzed about the second one? Well, uh, at first I was really into the fact that like it was like just a better realized version of uh of midgar and i think all the characters get you know more to do in the story like especially like Biggs, wave uh, wedge and jesse mm-hmm. uh but by the end like especially at the ending my thought was i want to see where nomura is taking this crazy stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that is that is the truth that has made me more intrigued than uh than anything because I've, I've never beaten the original ff7 and yeah. I mean, I've also never beaten FF7R. I have just I've watched a playthrough of it because I don't have anything that I can play it on. Otherwise, well, yeah, soon that, you will. Uh, maybe is 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 that going to happen? The exclusivity period on uh, 
for Sony devices ends in six months. All right. Well, let me uh, let me just set my alarm then. Okay, cool. Um, we know from uh, some of the early trailers that the game's already running on PC. So okay. two and two together. <laughs> yes, we we can only hope. I would really really like to be able to play a PC version. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there on board with you. I. I, I am invested into whatever is going through Namora's head. I can't even begin to wonder what they're going to do with this or if they're going to do anything with it at all. Honestly, as long as they make Nomura finish it, it should be uh, it should be fun at least. Like Nomura is at his best when he's got strict deadlines. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's really true. Um, it, it keeps him from being as wild and out there as he typically gets in. Uh, like in other series that I'm not going to name. <laughs> uh, excuse yeah. me. I'm sorry. Cold, you know, sneaking right back in. Um, you sounded like a, a, a Murloc from World of Warcraft there for a minute. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. Like, uh, when I got, when I, when I, when I, I just really, I really watch like the cutscenes and everything because it actually presents itself into a pretty coherent narrative when you just glue them all together. And it's a really fun watch for someone who doesn't own a PS4 or a PS5. Um, well, and... yeah, because the game is basically another hallway simulator, but it's more interesting. Um, yeah. Most of the stuff that happens is in the cutscenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually I did get to play the demo when it when the demo first dropped um, because uh, my was uh, living with me at that point in time. So right. yeah, so I got to play the demo, and when the game came out, he moved out, and you know no more ps4 in the house um what do you what do you hope to see gameplay wise uh come out of the sequel um well first of all it it's almost definitely going to be a current gen game instead of a last gen game so oh, uh, yeah 100 percent. i don't even think the D, the new dlc is going to be last gen compatible if i recall no. correctly yeah which um, i mean that's kind of a bummer for some people yeah but i mean this game's probably not coming out for like three years at least so yeah by that point, I'm sure the saturation of the market will be a little bit better for uh, PS5s and Xbox Series Xs. Yeah, God, we can only hope. Like, get, getting a hold of those machines is so difficult right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that maybe by Christmas this year, like, it'll be possible for, I don't know, <laughs> like, a few more people to get one. <laughs> Just a few. Yeah. Well, a few dozens. more people to get, yeah, yeah dozens, dozens more PS5s have become available at Walmart. Yeah, um, and it'll be like that scene from uh, Jingle All the Way where Arnold is trying to get the Turbo Man doll. <laughs> oh my god, can I get a movie of Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to buy a PS5? That can be Jingle All the Way too. Yes. <laughs> Please. Oh my god, yeah. But it's... yeah, like, uh, gameplay-wise, I, I want the improvements that are coming with, like, this gen of consoles, and that includes, like, you know, how it can run on PC nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I also want uh, Sid and Vincent in the game. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we should get that, I would think. Um, I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, because, like, you know, how, how far do you think they're going to go with the story? Do you think they're going to wrap up FF7, or do you think there's going to be another game after that? I feel like it'll probably go to where the end of disc one ended in the original Final Fantasy VII. Wow, taking two two entire games to get to the end of disc one. Well, the meat of the the entire original game happened in the first disc anyway. Yeah, that's true. 
Now, okay, so we're gonna gonna dive a little bit into some spoiler territory real quick. Um, so maybe jump ahead a couple of minutes. If yeah, if you, yeah. if you don't want to be spoiled for like a a game from like 1997 or whatever. Well, this does include a couple of spoilers from the uh, from the remake. You know, this is this is my question uh, to you. Do you yeah. think they would have the gumption to let Aerith live? No. No? Um, but that's with a caveat. I okay. think Aerith lives until the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then she dies anyway. Because mm. she's gotta die. Yeah, okay. It's just, I, I, I've, I've wondered if, like, if they would throw, throw, throw the players for a loop. And have her live at the, you know past the point where she's supposed to. Yeah, uh, like that's what I'm saying. I, I think she'll live longer than she typically would normally, but uh, she'll still die in the end. Than she typically would. It's like an every week thing. Oh goodness. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you, if your name is Aerith, you're fated to die. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, that that should be some really good stuff. Um, kind of you know kind of one thing that I'm looking forward to, and I'm actually kind of hoping that we get it this year is I'm looking forward to the Breath of the Wild sequel. Yeah, um, um, I mean, hopefully, I, I think we'll, we'll probably know more about that by E3. Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, Ayanuma actually stated that we are going to learn learn more about the game this year, and to be honest with you, E3 is kind of the prime spot to, uh, to do so. Especially and, since Nintendo says they're participating again this year. Yeah, which that's, yeah, that's really exciting. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around right now of stuff like with a 3D Donkey Kong game and you know everything like that. But I'm I'm still hoping against hope that maybe this uh, this new Zelda game will be the the big holiday title for the Switch. Um, if it's not, I don't know what will be. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like last year, our um, you know, they, it seems like they've kind of moved, started moving to have Zelda be a more annual title. Uh, where yeah. you know we're getting one every year, and I mean we didn't know about Age of Calamity until like a couple of months before it dropped. Yeah. Um, so you know it, it, we could very well get Breath of the Wild too. They're like, okay, it's done. Here you go, because you know I feel like they're shying away from announcing stuff too early. I think they kind of learned their lesson from Metroid Prime Four. Um, yeah. You know, not to not to you know bring stuff up a little bit too early, uh, the but pessimist in me is hoping beyond hope or like the optimist is hoping but the pessimist in me thinks that um our uh, our zelda game of the year might just be the skyward sword uh port you're i mean you're probably not too far off i think that's realistically what's gonna happen like yeah, i yeah, feel this... like we don't <laughs> get breath of the wild 2 this year yeah i i absolutely think that skyward sword is a is a holdover um until you know if not this year it's probably going to be next year you know, yeah. I'd say most likely it's going to be a 2022 game. I'm just super optimistic that that'll be the holiday title, um, right. but it's probably not going to be. Um, My speculation I, is also that in addition to Skyward Sword, uh, we get Grezzo doing Oracle remakes. That would be amazing. I really like the Oracle games. I think they're a lot of fun, and oh, yeah. I I would like I just finished the uh, the Link's Awakening remake like fairly recently. And I think the Oracle games would be great in this style. Um, yeah, especially if they can get it running smoother on uh, the supposed new edition of the Switch. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing too that I would, I'm hoping also comes out relatively soon. 
I know um, that Game Freak is going to be looking forward to that. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for for sure. Um, like with this, uh, with with Breath of the Wild too. Um, I'm really, and it looks like I'm getting my wish. Is I'm hoping that they go in a more of a darker direction with the story, and I hope it does have a little bit more focus on story, uh, because Age of Calamity really showed me that these characters can really shine given the proper writing and direction. Um, yeah. Like yeah, I don't know if you've you know played played the game at all or, or gone through any of it but it's Not a really yeah it's a really good time you should give it a shot when you can um it's it, i've got it digitally on my account so you're you're welcome to it whenever you like um but these characters this whole cast of characters is actually really really great um like i even you know really got attached to a character like daruk and even a character like yunobo who was just a nothing character in breath of the wild got a lot of really uh, great stuff in Age of Calamity. So um, I really want to see a lot more of these characters going forward uh, with a better <coughs> with a better emphasis on story. Um, and I also want that story to be darker. You know, my second favorite Zelda game next to Breath of the Wild is Majora's Mask, and it's because of its tone and because of its kind of creep factor. And uh, it, it, that absolutely does look like the kind of direction that they're going with in this one as well. So... I think I'm going to get my wish, and um, I'm, I'm really, really hoping it, it lives up to expectations, because Breath of the Wild is a tall order to uh, to fill, you know? Yeah. Say, uh, failing your, uh, your your darkness hope for the game, maybe we can get a beach episode game where we're uh, hanging out on the beach with rehydrated Ganon. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Can he, uh, he's, I'm sure he's going to be wearing, like, a Gerudo Speedo or something. It's going to be... It's gonna be monkey's paw kind of deal. Yeah, and then we have a surf competition with him. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what they're gonna do gameplay-wise, though. Like, I I feel like there there there's gonna be like a new a new gimmick, right? Hook shots, man. It'll be like web slinging. Well, that's what I'm kind of hoping, you know, because in the teaser trailer we saw, um, you know, we saw Hyrule Castle starting to float out of the ground. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe chunks of Hyrule are gonna start floating out of the ground. And it'll open up a huge cave system underneath underneath Hyrule, but also have a lot of stuff floating up at the air that you got to get to as well. And how are you going to get up there? Going to hook shot, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, the loft wings will come back too. Uh, you know, I, for me, the less I think about Skyward Sword, the better. I'm not well, really a fan of that game, but I do like oh, the story. Yeah, I, I do like the the story of that game. Just to be clear. And I like a, I like some of the concepts that they have, but just like I don't know, it's it's a very mixed bag. Well, one of my favorite things about Breath of the Wild is how they just take all of the lore from the the entire Zelda series and just dump it into a pot and say <laughs> everything goes. Everything's canon. All yeah. three timelines are canon, and like at the same time. Yeah, at the same time, that was one of my favorite things was watching timeline theorists like try to figure out what was going on. Uh, during the initial release period of the game, uh, like and watching all of their just crazy theories was so much fun, and I'm really hoping hoping we get to do that again. Uh, oh yeah. Hopefully we're getting <laughs> you know a whole, whole bunch of other other wild stuff. Um, yeah, they'll make the CDI games canon. So uh, okay, so what is what what's a sequel that you would like to see? Um, you know, but within within realistic reason that you think has an actual decent chance of coming out one day. Oh, within realistic reasons. Yeah, yeah, within realistic. We'll, we'll get pie in the uh, you know, pie in the sky, you know, wish list here in a little bit. Yeah, we know what we're saving that one for. Oh yeah. Um 
realistic, uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. That's cheating. Uh... That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely cheating, but um, it hasn't been announced, so I could choose it. <laughs> okay, you know what? You've got me there. <laughs> All right, so why, why Dragon's Dogma 2? Uh, because Dragon's Dogma was one of my favorite action games ever. Um, I also feel like it, it it's a perfect fit for the Resident Evil engine, considering what they did with Devil May Cry 5 and Monster mm -hmm. Hunter World. Yeah, um, absolutely. It would be way better realized with like larger environments, or at least uh, smaller environments with more stuff to do in them. Mm -hmm. They could make the combat even more frenetic and insane. Uh, particle effects are crazy these days, so they could go wild with spell effects. Yeah, that's that's really true. And plus, the internet's even more prolific these days, so uh, sharing your created characters would be a lot easier now. It could be integrated into the game a lot better. Dragon's Dogma 2 now featuring Miiverse. I mean, you joke, but they basically <laughs> had something similar to that in the original game with the pawn system. Yeah, <laughs> just literal Miiverse. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I totally yeah I feel I feel you know. I feel I see why you want that. I I have only played like a couple of hours of Dragon's Dogma myself, um, so I haven't really dug too deep into it quite yet. Uh, it's it's on my on my backlog list, but but yeah, like what you know, what would you like if you you know with with this you know with this very potential sequel coming up? Um, <laughs> what are some new you know what are some of the new features that you want to see like gameplay wise and? Um, um, well, I want some new job classes for one thing, like. Mm -hmm. They hit a bunch of good niches for gameplay in the last one, but they could just go bigger and better this time. Maybe they could make tanks more fun to play than they were last time because they were pretty boring. I want newer giant monsters that are even more fun to fight because that, that's like the, the big draw for Dragon's Dogma. Mm -hmm. I want more of the absolutely insane plot that they have going on. <laughs> Like, it, it makes zero sense, and one of my favorite things about it is that most of the information is kept on the official wiki instead of inside the game. <laughs> on the wiki? On the wiki. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, almost every character has, like, a, a miniature biography that can only be found in the wiki. <laughs> is this, like, officially sanctioned by Capcom, or...? I think so. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it... It's a weird game, like the original one is, and I want more of that weirdness. And I think Itsuno, assuming he he'd be the one to work on it, like would bring more of that weirdness into the series. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and hopefully bring more references to Berserk back. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh geez, yeah, that's actually kind of crazy. Can't yeah. believe you keep it on a wiki. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, and I want the uh, the weird romance system to come back. Uh-huh. Where your romance is determined by the person that you talk to the most. Oh, so it's like the uh, the Harvest Moon slash Stardew Valley approach. Kinda, but like you can get married to nearly anyone in the original game. I mean, that's pretty cool. So you could end up married to like the, the awful rich merchant guy. Oh, jeez just by talking to him a lot, which isn't all that far-fetched because he'd be one of the people you'd be going to the most. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to go out of your way to uh, to romance somebody you actually want. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. 
And I, I think that's so ridiculous that I want it to come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like when, when games go just absolutely bonkers with the some with some of these systems and even like with the plot for some yeah. of these games so like yeah i love i love seeing insanity happen on my screen you know because it, it just makes it infinitely more interesting you know because you get if you get something like with just a really basic story or anything it's fine it's good but then when you get like something that's just off the rails and crazy as long as they stick the landing you're gonna remember stuff like that yeah so. and as long as they ignore the anime we'll be totally fine I didn't even know there was an anime. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's good that you don't know that. Okay, cool. <laughs> How about you? What's your uh, what's your choice? Uh, so I'm gonna match you with a uh, with another Capcom series. Um, I want to see a Resident Evil Revelations three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I'm one of those few people that I actually really like both of the Revelations games. Um, and I think it's a good sub-series, and it, it's kind of a good, like, little anthology series to complement the, uh, the main series of Resident Evil, especially right now, since we've moved away from most of the main cast outside of Chris Redfield. Um, yeah. it kind of gives them a chance, you know, some other characters to stretch their legs. I mean, Revelations 1 was the first time we had, you know, is really the last time that Jill was, was seen in her own game. Um, uh -huh. she got a, you know, cool little adventure on a, on a boat. Sure. Uh, yeah, Revelations 2, you know, you had Claire Redfield, who hadn't really been seen, like, in the timeline outside of the movies since Code mm -hmm. Veronica. So it was, you know, cool to, like, kind of catch up with her and see what she had been doing. And that game also featured the first playable appearance of Barry Burton. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. And I, I kind of, I would like to see that subseries kind of continue on, and, you know, as kind of an anthology kind of deal. And, um... And, you know, with, with a third game, I know there's rumors of, uh, of a third game starring uh, Rebecca Chambers, which, that's cool, I'm fine with that, especially if it ends up being like a Switch, a Switch time to Switch exclusive. That means yeah. that, yeah, that means that the game is going to be built from the ground up with the, uh, uh, with the Switch in mind, and when, when the RE engine is built, is, has a game built with the Switch in mind, there's a lot of really good stuff that's available there for the, uh, for the console. Uh, like, right. Monster Hunter Rise is a great example of that, but I would. I kind of hope that they do actually um, go back, and I want them to kind of explore uh, what happened to Jill Valentine after Resident Evil Five. I think there's a lot of really compelling story um, uh, story potential there with her kind of dealing with the trauma and the aftermath of being brainwashed by Albert Wesker. Um, and I think that'd be a good uh, good opportunity to kind of tie up some of the loose plot plot threads from. Revelations 2 as well, and, you know, kind of have them close the uh, proverbial book on the Weskers. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just... <laughs> I could see you wanting that. But uh, I, I posit that I would prefer to have a game where we make Sheva the main character. What if we had uh, Jill, Jill and Sheva? That's fine, too, but uh, Sheva kind of gets a... Uh, a hard deal in this series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And Sheva's a good character. Uh, she's really likable. Uh, she's yeah. a lot, lot, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun to be around, and she's a good compliment to Chris as well. She's um, his partner. Yeah, I, lo I love Sheva. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, that would be really cool because you know the Revelations games. Uh, you know, the the first one had you know kind of a, a you know a, a, a standard pairing. It was. Chris and Jill, and then you also had the original character uh, as of Parker, uh, but the second one was Claire Redfield and Barry Burton, and Barry Burton's daughter, and the, you know this other little girl. But yeah, Claire and Barry being the two main characters of the story, that was a cool pairing that 
we had never seen before. You know, yeah. one of the yeah, one of the original members of Stars. You know, teaming or not teaming up, but uh, having a story that really involved you know Claire and you know showing them interacting a little bit here and there, even though it wasn't a whole lot, was still mm-hmm. really cool. You know, so I do hope that uh, like if they decide to bring <coughs> Rebecca back, then I hope they do not bring Billy Cohen back. Yeah, Billy Cohen needs to stay away. I I love that character, actually. Uh, He's, Mm -hmm. like, the only thing I really like about Resident Evil Zero, and I like Mm -hmm. the idea of him actually getting away from this life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you there. He he deserves that. Yeah, he he does. But, yeah, uh, that'd be be, be something really cool to see, because I think a lot of the the mechanics of, uh, um, you know, the newer Resident Evil, RE Engine Resident Evil games could easily make the jump over. And, uh, you know, utilizing the Switch's, um, you know, li- more limited hardware would kind of force the designers to look at something, you know, keep things more confined and more, you know, more tight and claustrophobic. Uh, yeah. Which, I th- yeah, I think would actually be really, really good for the series. Because I think Resident Evil um, really works its absolute best when it is kind of claustrophobic and when it's small. And I think a smaller, you know, like a smaller story involving Jill's trauma and everything. And this would be also be a cool opportunity to like have hallucinations of Wesker and show what Wesker would be like in the RE engine. Uh, yeah. Because he's like one of the few, you know, major characters that we've never seen in the new engine. As long uh, as they got DC Douglas back to do the voice. I, I would hope so. But given their current track, you know, Capcom's current uh, voice actor track record, I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, having Jill team up with with a, another lesser known character would actually be really, really dope. I think would be really cool. Uh, and Sheva, I think, would be a cool fit. I would really like, you know, since we've got in this new game, um, you've got you know the two the two major uh, characters are Chris and Ethan. Um, you know, it'd be really cool to see two women instead of you know two men because usually Resident Evil you know jumps between a man and a woman for their, you know, for their protagonists. Um, yeah. You know, you've got Leon and Claire, uh, Jill and Carlos, Chris and Jill, um, Leon and Ada, you know, and Chris and Sheva. So, you know, there's always that balance there. But having, you know, two women would actually be really cool. Yeah, um, and especially since Sheva is, like, the only woman of color that is playable in the series outside of Ada. Yeah, yeah, she would be, she would be a great addition. You know, I actually think you've got a really good point there. Uh, be fantastic to have Sheva back. So, yeah. yeah, that'd be really good stuff. So, all right. So, pie, pie in the sky. What pie in the sky? Never gonna happen sequel. Do you want to see? Well, sticking with the trend of Capcom, uh-huh. since this whole episode has been Capcom related, uh, <laughs> we talk a lot about Capcom on this show, which is you say, fitting. <laughs> you say pie in the sky, but how about all the way on the moon? Oh no. <laughs> I want Mega Man Legends 3. I do too. But, you know, please explain to me, why do you want Mega Man Legends 3? Uh, Because our boy is stuck on the moon. He is stuck on the moon, and it's very depressing. Uh, Actually, it's worse than that. He's not even on the moon. He's on another planet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it it pains me because we we almost got this game. We almost did. We almost got the uh, the prototype of the 3DS, which, you know, if... If anybody just wants to, to leak that they have that to uh, someone like Proto Dude, that'd be pretty awesome. Yes, if you have if you have access to that prototype, uh, totally just 
mail it to Proto Dude, and uh, we will give you a, a personal shout out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a good incentive. We will, we will pay you an exposure. <laughs> but uh, for real though, like I, I want to see the the series concluded. Um, I, I know Mega Man series hardly ever get conclusions. Like, I believe that Zero and Battle Network are the only ones that do get conclusions. Yes, I, be- I, I do believe you're right. And honestly, as far as Zero is concerned, that's a satisfying conclusion too. Oh yeah, it, it perfect ending for me. Um, and I think Battle <laughs> Network's a pretty good ending too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, go but- on. I, I want to return to that gameplay, and I think the anime style of Mega Man Legends would work really well on modern in, uh, consoles. Yeah, yeah, and that's that was actually something I wanted to bring up is that that anime that that very specific Mega Man Legends anime style is not something that you see a whole lot anymore. And if you go yeah. back and you look, yeah, you look at the PS One game and you look at uh you know PS One games and you look at the in- Mega Man sixty four, these characters are so expressive. They and hold up remarkably well. They really do. You should. Uh, I, I watched a, um, a a full up res of Mega Man Legends two, and it just. I'm like, wow, this game is gorgeous. Yeah, they just know what to do with style in that game, mm-hmm. and imagine it looking like the newest Tales game. Right. Yes. Like, and you know, there's and, uh, Mega Man Legends just oozes character. Yeah. Uh, and it's more it's, than any other Mega Man series, really. Yeah, you're you're right. And it's just the music is great, the story is great. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I've been invested in Mega Man Legends since I was super young when I got it on the 64. And Mega Man Legends 2 was one of the reasons that I bought a PlayStation. Yeah, just imagine what the weapons would be like in a new Mega Man Legends game. Oh God, there would be so much cool, so much fun stuff. Because like since Mega Man Legends came out, like we had several console generations we had the ratchet and clank games we had the jack games look what those did with uh big uh multiple weapon selections yeah there there's a lot that they could do with it you know they could uh uh, update the controls to be a little bit more modern they would probably make it in the re engine i i would be curious to see how the re engine would handle like cell shading (laughs) anime style Uh, i think it could do it yeah uh, which, I mean, I think, uh, wasn't Mega Man 11 made on MT Framework? If it was, then it was, like, the last MT Framework game. Yeah, I think it was, like, one of the last MT Framework games. Um, and that looked fine. Yeah, no, yeah, I think, yeah, Mega Man 11's got a good style, but yeah, there's just something special about Mega Man Legends, and there is a, there's a reason that all of these vocal fans, uh, have been clamoring for this, uh, this sequel for the longest time and you know i'm i'm hoping hoping beyond hope that uh capcom will see the value in that and well, i do think that it's more likely than di- uh, a new dino crisis game you know what you're right when you're right you're right um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man just thinking of a new dino crisis game in the re engine oh boy uh, yeah it's called monster hunter <laughs> Oh yeah, but yeah, Mega Man Legends three—that is, that's that's a pie in the sky dream that that almost came true. Almost. Almost. That's that's the dream. Thanks, Inafune. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, jeez, Inafune went from like one of my favorite people to uh, to not <laughs> a very very short amount of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so pie in the sky for me. Gonna move away from Capcom, but also going to be a three 
I want Banjo 3. I want Banjo 3 bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, that, that, even though I'm like, I'm not entirely, because I don't, it's, it's hard for me, because I, like, I really want Banjo 3, right? Uh-huh. But, like, the, the step down in quality from uh, Banjo Kazooie to Banjo Tooie was, for, at least for me, quite a bit severe. Because uh, the game, you know, Banjo Tooie focused a lot on uh, on a lot of backtracking and all sorts of stuff like that, and it, the gameplay just wasn't as, and it just wasn't as good. You know, it's very right. backtracky. The levels got a little bit too big for their own good, and um, you know, it really detracted from the overall experience. And I'm like, I I I want Banjo Three really bad, but I think I know in my heart that Rare, if they actually did make a Banjo Kazooie Three, would probably go too big with it. Probably. I mean, <coughs> just look at Nuts and Bolts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I know it's more of a spin-off than a sequel. I, I don't know if the game treats itself that way, but... it's uh, Nuts and Bolts is a weird game. It's a, it, it's a it's very... It's kind of beyond description. <laughs> it really is. It's like they started off trying to make a Banjo 3, and then they just decided, ah, let's make a Lego game. And it just yeah. didn't, didn't really mesh well. And it's, you know, they got a little bit too uh, self-referential with the humor and uh, a little bit too fourth wall breaky for me. Uh, I mean, not that not yeah. to say that Banjo-Kazooie hasn't ever had fourth wall breaking. Obviously it has, but eh, it's just, you know, it's, there's something about it that was just a lot more forced in Nuts and Bolts, I think. Right. Um, but, I you will know, say it, that if we do get a Banjo 3, I won't play it, <laughs> but... um. I, I do hope Grunty comes back because I love her. Yes, uh, you can watch me play it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, there we go. I just can't play collectathons. Yeah, no, I know. I, I remember when Mario Odyssey came out, and I was just over the moon having a great time with this game. And I and... was just like, you know, I see why this game is fun, but I'm not having a whole lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I felt so sad, but I understand. You know. Yeah. I I get it. I get it. I get so... the merits, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not for me. <laughs> You know, and it's it's something I would hope you know gameplay styles are more consistent in line with something with Odyssey, uh, where you know Odyssey a lot of its levels like they were big but they weren't too big, and you know there really wasn't a whole lot of wasted space in Odyssey. There was a whole lot going on. You could look anywhere and sneeze and get a moon. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think they. Sh- you know, I think I would rather have more smaller levels with still the ten jiggies. And you know the hundred notes and everything, then have these huge sprawling levels with like nine hundred jiggies. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of kind of a personal preference thing there. You know, and I wouldn't even mind like a shorter game if it were priced at like thirty to forty bucks. Yeah. And you know, if it was only like a you know eight to ten hour experience, you know, of just collect the pawn stuff. Yeah, I'd be down for that. You know. Yeah, sure. You know, just hoping that they keep you know that same witty writing that they had of the original two, and you know. All the, all, just all the other stuff. That's you know, that's that's just been kind of the dream. Uh, if there's kinda... something that Rare is still good at, it's the witty writing. So I think you would mm-hmm. be covered there. Yeah, which yeah, that's that's really good. Um, so all right, so how about this? So why don't you pitch me a sequel that you don't think will ever get made, but you think would be awesome if it did? And I mean, think about it. Think about what kind of gameplay you've got. Go what you want. Uh, mm. Think about what genre you want. Let's see here. I know this is a hard question. Oh, I've got it. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if there was a sequel to Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door? That would be pretty great. Yeah, because there were never any Paper Mario games after that, as far (laughs) as I'm aware. 
Um, <laughs> it, it seems so weird with a series like that. Shots uh, fired. <laughs> but no, but seriously, like, I would actually like a, uh, a true sequel to Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. And I would like it to incorporate partner characters, even if they just show up as a cameo from both games. Oh, that'd be cool. I, I really want that. I, I want them to refine the combat from Thousand Year Door. And gosh, there's not really much more to say about that, except it would... It's what I want out of a Mario RPG nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, it, the story doesn't even have to be that complicated. No. You know, just collect the seven things. You know, yeah. have you know, have it. You know, have you know, because Paper Mario has always had kind of an episodic uh, feel to it with its chapters. You know, you go to a location yeah. and you know you solve that location's problem and then you move on to the next one. And it's you know, kind of self-contained stories. Uh, right. You know, that also support the big overarching story. I so, mean, they could carry the same sort of weight that Super Paper Mario had, but like, yeah, you like know. Su yeah, Super Paper Mario is an underrated game. I think. I don't um, think the game itself is all that great, but I I love the plot. Oh yeah, the plot's great, um, and the writing the writing is some of the best writing I've ever seen in a video game. Oh sure. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that, I, that was coming from Nintendo of all companies too. Yeah, and you you know what the the thing that really gets me about you know the whole Paper Mario series is. You know, just the direction that they took with it, like, 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 Origami King. Would it have really been so... Would it have really affected sales so much if they had just made it an RPG? Or, really, if we could have had some more original characters than just the standard, like, formula that they've been following? Yeah, because I, yeah, I remember they've, uh, they, they're kind of limited on what characters they can use, which is just bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the Mario RPG series, you know, between Mario RPG, Paper Mario, and uh, Thousand Year Door, you know, there was always just a lot of wild stuff going on, and a right. lot of cool stuff, too, you know, where they were branching out to stuff that Mario doesn't really do a whole lot. Now they're just not allowed to do stuff like that anymore. And yeah, it's... like in RPG, we got Geno and Mallow, <coughs> and we got a whole host of awesome characters from uh, 64 and a Thousand Year Door. Right? And... Uh. Then Love I think Cooper. that the newest games, it's just like generic uh, Toad and yeah, generic, generic Toad number three. <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, bless them, they're trying their best, but it's it, and it's an it's a Nintendo thing. I know the development team really wants to branch out and do uh, do cool stuff, do unique. Oh, excuse me, do unique characters and everything like that, but they're just they're just not allowed to, and it's I can't figure out why. Yeah, uh, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I can't begin to understand what goes on behind the, the thought process at Nintendo, but clearly we're all on a different wavelength than they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, you know, all the fans are like, oh, well, you know, here's what we want. You know, it's pretty simple. We're not hard to please. And Nintendo's just, no. Yeah, here's what we would pay you for. And then they bring us something entirely different. Like, I don't know. I like all kinds of different food, but if I went to a pizza place and ordered a pizza, I probably wouldn't be very happy if I got a turkey dinner. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good that turkey dinner was, you wanted pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the pizza place for the pizza. Oh my goodness. Alright, um... So yeah, so sticking with the Mario theme, I've actually got a, uh, a Mario game to also pitch to you that is the sequel. Oh yeah? <clears throat> that is also an RPG. And... <laughs> Uh, I, I know this because this was actually something I considered making back during my RPG Maker days. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I just like I was like, oh, how can I fit this in? Um, and since we were talking about sequels that are probably never going to happen, um, I wanted an R- uh, an RPG in the style of uh, the Mario and Luigi games. However, yeah. it's a Mario and Sonic crossover, and it hey, would be co- and it would be called Mario and Sonic Chaos in the Kingdom. Huh. So basically, you know, the, the the game that I had envisioned was would you know would be a uh, you know, a turn-based battle system, of course. Um, you know, having Mario as the lead, and it would take place in Mario's world, uh, but it would be Mario, Luigi, and Sonic and Tails. And um, you would, you know, you would have the overworld abilities. You would have one partner character out with you at all times, like Luigi, Sonic, or Tails, and you would be able to use their different abilities to solve different puzzles in the overworld, um, as well as having them in battle too. And you know, I I, I envision this whole story between, you know, with uh with Eggman and Bowser, uh, really similar to some of the stuff that was done in the Mega Man and Sonic crossover comic, yeah. um, where they were building uh, a giant spaceship called the Eggshell, which was basically, <laughs> it was a Koopa shell, but it ha- had round glasses and a mustache. <laughs> nice. And, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the computer system that ran this space station uh, was called the Chaos Star, and you know, it of course would end up taking over the taking over the the, the space station, and uh, would result in Mario and Sonic using the chaos emeralds that you had been collecting because there's seven of them. And of course, like we talked about earlier, having that episodic feel to all these different uh, all these different zones. You know, we we call them zones, but they would be a blend of Mario and Sonic stuff. Um, yeah. <clears throat> for example, like I had uh, I had one in my head where I was like, okay, well. Mario and Sonic could get kidnapped, and then Luigi and Tails would have to work through a haunted mansion to get them back. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, it, I, I thought that would be a lot of fun. And then I have other stuff like, a, a, like you know, kind of a play on words, like the uh, chemical piranha plant zone. <laughs> where, <Nice>. the, <clears throat> where this town has just gotten overrun with these toxic piranha plants. Oh, that could totally be like a Delfino Isle type situation. Yeah, that's that's exactly where what I was thinking of was dealt like a Delfino Island kind of situation. Um, so yeah, this is just stuff that I think about when I'm driving. When I'm listening to video game music, this is what I do. I plan unreasonable sequels in my head. See, I, now <laughs> I want to hear "Open Your Heart" in a Mario game. Um, I've actually there's a there's a really cool uh, cool remix of um, of. It's like Mario RPG music, but done with the Sonic sound font. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's one for fight with an armed boss and uh, beware the forest mushrooms. And I know you don't typically like the Genesis sound font, but these actually sound pretty cool. Um, I'll, I'll send them your way later. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's that that, that that's that's one of my pie in the sky um, dreams. I think the you know the the one sequel that would probably get me more excited than anything. Would be the announcement of Chrono Break. Yeah, I think if that game were ever announced, you you would all have to find me and check me for a pulse because I probably had a heart attack. <laughs> it's the last thing you see before your eyes when when you're finally passing on to the next. I I, I would I would die happy. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I, die. I don't happy. even know what it would be about, but. Uh... You know, if they could get at least somebody that worked on the uh, the older Chrono games, it would be worth it. 
Yeah, I think uh, having like Masato Kato on there would be uh, would be kind of a must, and I would kind of like Akira Toriyama to come back as character designer, yeah. um, which I think would absolutely be be pretty possible. Uh, with yeah, and would also like help on cutting down like the the chaff with the amount of characters playable. In the yeah, game. yeah. I actually, you know, I I actually I did have a, a concept for a post cross Chrono game, um, but I'm I'm not gonna get really super deep into that here because that's actually a really intricate intricate idea that I had that I I, I would probably talk about for far too long. Um, yeah, but well, there maybe are... if we have a Chrono specific episode in the future. Oh yeah, um, I would probably. <laughs> I would probably do a whole a whole thing on that. And th you know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, you could really do with the gameplay. You know, there's a lot of uh, like like I think Chrono Cross had a lot of really cool ideas with the battle system, and I would oh, like yeah. to see yeah, definitely love to see some of those mechanics come back. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun because uh, you know, outside of plot, like the Chrono games are not really too complicated to play. Um, oh, they're no. Yeah, fairly straightforward, and you know, just a lot of fun to play. And of course, you would have to have a uh, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda back for the soundtrack. Um, oh, of course. You, yeah, because it's not a Chrono game without Mitsuda. It's just not. Um, but ideally, I would like, I would love to see, you know, what Masato Kato could do with with a developer like Model Soft. Yeah, that'd be I, awesome. I think that would be just absolutely incredible. And honestly, I think they would it would sell better than what they think it would. Like, yeah. I, I can't for the life of me, you know, figure out why Square has not touched the Chrono series in forever. I feel like if we got Chrono Break, the tone would probably be somewhere in the Xenogears realm. Mm-hmm. Which that, would be cool for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it'd actually make a really cool, uh, like, a budget RPG that's something like 15, 20 hours long, but it's, like, really high-quality 2D sprites. Or you know uh, something like the HD, the HD 2D, uh, yeah, like the, the get Octopath. the Octopath team. Yeah, yeah, put the Octopath team on it. I think that'd be really cool and really gorgeous. Yeah, um, maybe after Octopath Strategy or whatever. Uh, or Triangle Strategy. Yeah, that's. Or no, pro yeah, Project Triangle Strategy. I think is the name of that. Watch that be the final name of the game too. <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> you know. I mean, Octopath Traveler didn't change names. Nope. And I mean, I, I know a lot of people said that was a placeholder. Yeah, I mean, you love that game, didn't you? Uh, I definitely love it until towards the end. But yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Are you, are you going to be picking up uh, Triangle Strap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm ready for a new Tactics Ogre game, and that looks like it. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, uh, any other sequels you want to talk about before we wrap up for the night? Um, I mean, speaking of, I, I wouldn't mind another... Uh, sequel uh for final fantasy tactics at least taking place in ibelice that'd be pretty cool tactics yeah. was never really my thing but i i know that the fan base would just flip if that were the case yeah um and we already got quite a bit of what they would probably do with a tactics sequel in the final fantasy 14 uh ibelice quest okay <laughs> like, they had a raid series in final fantasy 14 that took you to ibelice I'm and that sure was that made a lot. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure that made a lot of people happy. Oh yeah, and uh, they did it with a lot of love. That's awesome. You know, when developers really put the love and care into it, you know, was was something where the fan base is something that the fan base is really passionate about. I think that's it. That's just magic. You know. Yeah. So. Um. Beyond that, like, I can't really think of any other like uh, wishful, hopeful uh, sequels. I'm, I'm gonna pray for Castlevania Five. Well. uh... 
Any sort of Castlevania game would be nice. That yeah, isn't a just, pachinko just machine. Any, any of them. Just any Castlevania game. Heck, you know, you it, just port Symphony of the Night to PC and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, I think we're about wrapped up for the night. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, why don't you hit the like button and you know maybe consider giving us a subscription. Uh, if you're listening to this on other platforms, please give us a thumbs up, give us a rating. You know, we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, and yeah, if you uh, if you like what you listen to, also consider joining our Discord. You know, we'd love to talk sequels with you. You know, give us give us your ideas, pitch us your sequel. Uh, we want to hear what kind of crazy stuff that you guys come up with. I think that'd yeah, be also really we dope. Do- the the discord's fun yeah the discord is fun we do uh we do private streams in there where we've been uh uh playing through resident evil 8 and been having a really good time talking with everybody yeah which uh like we said earlier is going to be the topic of our next episode it'll be our big review yes next week we should be we should be joined by a special guest um and we're going to be doing a big review of resident evil 8 and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, you know we've we've been talking about resident evil a lot on this show uh, so you you know we're we're all really passionate about it. So yeah. Uh, but, so I'm gonna try my best Heisenberg voice that entire time. Good. <laughs> you know he's voiced by the, uh, the 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 same dude who voiced Nikolai in the three remake. That's amazing. Yeah. Like now I can hear it. Who knew that he had such a good Nicolas Cage impression? Right. <laughs> Just Maximilian dude as played by Nicolas Cage. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thank you guys so much uh, from me and Cass. We hope you have a wonderful night and take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.